Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC, Follow the Money, Investing with Purpose, oh, a show where we have real conversations with the people who are driving change in our community. And I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited, as I'm often accused of being, to talk with my two guests today, of two gentlemen that, when it talks about community and grassroots and making something happen in Alberta, there's people that talk about it, and there's people that do it. I've got Zach Storms and Tim Lynn from Startup TNT. How are you, gentlemen? I'm feeling Doing great, well. Tyler. How are you feeling? <laughs> Man, I'm I am good, man. I love I, as as everyone who listens knows. I really love doing this because I get to meet cool cool cats like you guys that are doing awesome things in our province. So let's start. Let's pretend nobody knows anything about anything. We just got into an elevator with you two guys, which sounds like it might be a fun elevator ride. Talk to me about Startup TNT. What is it all about? Well, you know, Tim and I pitch it differently. I like to pitch the origin story, so I'll, I'll pitch that. TNT stands for Thursday Night Tradition because we get together every single Thursday to have fun, make friends, and build companies. We launched May 16th, 2019 on my 35th birthday. It was, as I joke, a surprise birthday party to myself. I told my wife, I would like to drink beer with friends every day, or every, sorry, every Thursday for the next year. Not every wow. day, that's too much. That's too much, Tyler, there's this, a limit. This, this is where Tim and I stage an intervention and say, well, Zach, we need to chat with you, but okay. Just I, once I got a it. week. Just once a week. Just once I, a week. I swear, only once a week. And so honestly, ending in y. but it's core to what we do, bringing people together, to, to build real relationships, entrepreneurs, scientists, investors, uh, you know, building great companies, commercializing new technologies, working together to make things happen here in our province. And at the same time we launched this happy hour, I met Tim like week six. Tim was like, I love this thing. And I heard about this concept called an investment summit. And I said, Tim, we should put this on. We get a bunch of investors together. They each put $5,000 into a hat. We all work together. We select a local company for investment. Do you want to do it? And he said, before he even finished the sentence, he was like, hell yes, let's do it. <laughs> and so we Why also run investment summits where we raise money for local startups and train and introduce new investors into the ecosystem. So that's TNT in a nutshell. Okay, and Tim, uh, since I've already been, it's already been precluded that you you pitch it slightly differently. I'm up, for, I'm up for the other side of that coin if there if it's that cut and dry. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's pretty redundant. Maybe I'll just add on some things. I mean, what we really like to do, you know, much like much like what we're doing here in this conversation, is putting putting some folks on a stage and making sure that their stories are getting heard. So we love, you know, we have this is a very public facing summit process. You know, it's effectively a, a venture capital due diligence process that's run in parallel with a whole bunch of companies. And at various points in the, in the process, we have these like big community events. Uh, so we have a big top 20 pitch night uh, where we celebrate, you know, a whole bunch of the companies that are coming through just sort of rapid fire pitches. Uh, and then similarly, where we're making the investment decision at the summit finale, we have the top five and everybody is, is doing a pitch uh, akin to a demo day. Um, you know, out of an accelerator, um, and and we re and we also do you know beyond the summits, we also host you know some pitch nights as well. One of our biggest ones is sort of our great pitch marathons. We have a great Alberta pitch marathon, a great Saskatchewan pitch marathon. Hopefully, we'll add more geographies as we continue to grow. Um, but just like just pitches, like let's just celebrate the community and show people what we have in our in our great hometowns and help people build what they want to be building right here at home. And so that's that's what gets us going. Oh, I love it. Okay, so 2019 to t May 2022, you guys are coming up on three years. Uh, three years, I don't know. Is that is that three years in, in, in an evolving ecosystem or is that like, it's like dog years for every one at seven? Well, we count in weeks. So we're coming up okay, on a okay, week like uh, 156. So we're getting really old. We've been around for a long always time. Always that question is when do you stop referring to your child in weeks? Do you guys are still at the weeks phase? Okay, I got, I got it. I got it. We're 156 weeks. We're starting to crawl and walk. What have you guys seen in terms of evolution, in terms of the companies that are coming in, the investor landscape, 
shape, how maybe that's changed. Like three years in Alberta in the last three years is a significant, those are lifetimes, I would say, yeah. uh, on many fronts. Yeah. But what have you guys seen? I'm really curious about the journey and you guys have had a ringside seat for all of this. Huh? Where were we three years ago to where we are now? Uh, the goods and the bads, but let's focus on the goods first and then we'll take the learnings after that. Yeah. I'll go first because you okay, answered the question you go first, first You go first. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can spar it out. I'm all good. I, so I answered this question a little bit uh, it, it's kind of a nuanced question because there's two components to it. So what we see is a function of what exists in the community and also what we get access to seeing. And three years ago, we were nobody. We were hosting a happy hour, a closed bar that didn't exist yet. And so like the whole thing, we just sort of saw whoever showed up and now we see a lot more. And so I, I would definitely okay. say that like there's been a massive upward trajectory in, in our perception of the community. Um, but I think a, a solid chunk of it is a function of access. But then also, you know, just with just with time and, and maturity of the community, notwithstanding, you know, exotic, like external projects that are happening that are helping to accelerate it, you know, just time and cycles and people coming through the community and like trying to do things and building things and just, you know, recycling in the community is fantastic. And I think that we're seeing more and more experienced people coming through. Um, but then there's also these, you know, awesome projects that are coming through like, you know, 500 global has their um, demo day this Thursday, like tomorrow. Um, you know, there's you know, plug and play. There's all these accelerators that have come through. There's, you know, people that are coming in from other places that are seeing Alberta on the map and we're starting to see some cool stuff. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that Alberta's in a much better position than it was even a few years ago. Um, and, and we also have the comparator of, of, uh, of Saskatchewan to look at as well, because we're there as well. Um, different, different communities for sure, different levels of, of stage, but you know, also fantastic people there too. And we're really excited about what we're seeing there as well. You guys started in, you guys are, you guys were based or you guys started in Edmonton, correct? Or maybe you're still based in Edmonton, but yep. obviously your geography is how quick or how, what, what was the pull? And again, always curious. And I, you know, this was started off as collisions YYC and it was too weird to change it to collisions, Alberta. So you can't have a conversation about one city without, we're not, we don't live in a geodesic dome. Um, curious, like even over the last three years, the evolution about what you guys were seeing going on in, in Edmonton versus when you started putting more boots on the ground in Calgary, was there any differences and has that, has that level, I feel like I got asked and we're not going to talk about hockey or anything like that, but in, have you seen any differences and has that leveled out uh, besides just being different communities in general? Yeah, each one has a unique personality. And, you know, I got to say this to all of our friends in Calgary, because Tim and I are both from Edmonton. They have welcomed us with like the widest, biggest open arms I could ask for. You know, the Great Alberta Pitch Marathon that Tim referenced, the first time we did it was during the pandemic. I pitched it casually to a few people in Calgary, like in like pretty like leaders from the ecosystem. Like, for example, one of them was Kevin Dahl, who now runs Plug and Play Alberta. So this is an, you know, an impressive guy. Uh, and he was just, he literally was just like, this is awesome. We have to do this. This is amazing. I'm in, we're doing this. And I think that kind of can do attitude, you know, I just feel it in the Calgary community, like everywhere I go. So I love that about Calgary. Um, and I also think that the economy of Calgary is maybe just a little bit historically different from the economy of Edmonton. You've got like a lot of the biggest, um, you know, energy companies, corporate headquarters. Like you have like a long history of private sector actors really building that city. And I feel like there's this just like kind of ingrained entrepreneurial spirit that is still there today. Still meet a lot of people from the energy industry that are like, I want to leave oil and gas and redefine my life and become an entrepreneur. And I'm going after this mm -hmm. thing. And I just, you know, I think that you have just a lot of activity happening in Calgary, and I love it. And, you know, when we when we do events in Calgary right now, here, I'm going to give this shout out to Calgary right here. We're doing a big event next week. 
for the Clean Tech Investment Summit. It's uh, it was. Th- open- this, th- I'll be killing Zach. This might be passed by the time this comes out. So that's the only thing that I'll, that is the challenge with this isn't this isn't bleeding bleeding it yet. We d- we did an event and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of you went to this event. Maybe some of you went to this event. There is unfortunately no Calgary companies are in the top five. But you know what? That is not stopping ticket sales from going through the roof. Everyone's showing up. Everyone being like, "Welcome to Calgary. We're hosting this awesome event. We're investing in clean tech companies." You know, next time we'll get a Calgary company in there. But right now, it's all. Edmonton and Saskatchewan companies. And I think that's that's like pretty awesome that Calgary has that spirit. Uh, I, I appreciate it. What, what are you guys seeing in Saskatchewan? I had a few people on chatting with it and it, they've all said, well, we're, we're, we're a little bit behind just in terms of timeline and cycles, but there's a lot of activity. Ever, there, like that sense of community is really strong. And I just believe that's a Western Canadian superpower in general, <laughs> our ability to come together and create community. But what are you guys seeing in Saskatchewan? And like, is, what, what's, what's, ex, what's getting you excited about it, except that it's either that aside from it's just that it's happening and there's buzz. I think there's a few, um, so I guess it's, I'll point out that like as a population, Saskatchewan is smaller than either Edmonton or Calgary. Like it's, it's a whole province that's smaller than a city that we're talking about here. And when I show up to Saskatoon or Regina, I'm continually blown away by like the strength of the community, the startup community that they have there. They're punching way above their weight for how big they are. Um, so I'll just, I'll say that. I'll say that also, you know, it's wild how they have, you know, Seven Shifts, Coconut, Vendasta that are all, you know, pretty massive. We'll call them Sunicorns. I don't know. They're like you know, series, whatever. Um, raising <laughs> I've not heard like that term yet. Figures. That's a new one. Um, and, and the thing that they are going to have is they're going to have some fantastic people cycling out of those companies that are going to have some cash that are going to want to help the startup community and they'll sort of popcorn off. I, I, um, maybe it'll happen in Edmonton soon as well with folks like Jobber and Thrivewise. Um, mm-hmm. But I see it much closer in, in Saskatoon. Um, and I'm really excited for the community because they have such, like it's, there's these, there's this critical mass, of, like big startup companies that are pretty, pretty soon going to be, you know, and they're already starting to help out the community. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for what that's going to turn into because you know, there's just such a massive amount of mass in a relatively small concentrated area that, I think there's going to be something really special happening over there. Yeah, can I, that's can exciting. I, I haven't had to that, Tyler. Yeah, I haven't had anyone lay it out like that. That because that's a missing piece in so much of this early stage ecosystem is we don't have those. I'm I'm going back for my second round or my third round with money and experience and connections. Well, yeah, I mean, like Ray Ray Musica in Edmonton is mentioned super often, and he's you know Bioware that was sold to EA back you know a couple decades ago, um, and he's you know taking that experience and that capital and plowing it back into the system and, and helping guide and, and share and, you know, provide us connections and do all of the good things that come with that experience. And, and you need a whole bunch of those people, you know, Ray's fantastic, but he can't be the mentor for everybody. Uh, you need like a hundred of them or, or more. And so that's what comes out of, you know, a, a massive company that, that exits and IPOs and does that sort of stuff. But Zach, share your color. I just want to really emphasize that in Saskatchewan, it is, way too easy for those of us that aren't from Saskatchewan to drive through and be like, yeah, this is just like farmers and potash. <laughs> um, you know what? When I when I visited Saskatoon for the first time, one of the founders of Vendasta, who's raised hundreds of million dollars, welcomed me to his office and talked about how he could work with us and we could, you know, we could help spur, you know, more great companies like his in the Saskatoon community. 
Um, and you know, there's just like this attitude there that we are we are from Saskatoon, we are from Saskatchewan, we're gonna work together. We've got like a genuine small town culture and history where we all need to work together to build something great. And it's just it's just part it just oozes through everyone that is from Saskatchewan. You know, you can see it in Jesse Weeb. Our contact, our lead in Saskatchewan, who's literally friends with every single person you can think of. And, you know, just, I really want to emphasize, who's heard of SoftBank? Who can name someone that they know that's raised money from SoftBank, one of the largest, I think maybe the second largest venture capital group in the entire world? Yeah, they're yeah. right up there for yeah. sure. Well, they yeah, invested yeah. in a Saskatoon company. That's who. That's who they're investing in. Like, that's $100 million, too, not just, like, chump change. So I really go. appreciate the position of taking the oh we're small and we're early and we're early in our journey and going well yeah that's great but how do you turn that any any good strategic session like great that's our reality how do we turn that into a positive and the ability to get in the office and sit down with people and have those conversations well you guys and Tim I really appreciate your perspective of like hey our, our perspective has changed just because we were nobodies and now we're somebody so we get to see more things and you're right people ask me oh what's your view on what's happening economically in Alberta I'm like well it's positive because I only have people on the show that are doing positive things so by guilty <laughs> that's who you talk to but when it comes to industries or types of businesses that we're seeing you know we all to oh tech and we'd like throw that throw that around pretty loosely on a high level what are you guys seeing like what's getting excited like I know you guys are focusing on clean tech specific sectors like let's get into the nitty-gritty or like what are some of the pitches that you're seeing that you're like okay wow we're really seeing a lot of that and whoa there's some new stuff coming over there because again you guys have that ringside seat that I really want to kind of share that with our audience of like what's going on that's not getting on the news and what's getting you guys excited about the now but even a year from now when you start looking out in the good old crystal ball <laughs> Zach what do you got I'm gonna start I'm gonna start pointing because this okay, is tough I'll, when got I'll you guys say on one the show. Thing. Zach say, go go Zach I'll say one thing like keep your eye out in the news in the in the coming weeks or months like there are like the thing about the news is it's like two years behind the times. Um, you know, when people <laughs> announce yeah. a, a big public announcement in the news about a raise that they closed, they often close that raise a six months ago. B, they were already on a track for success two years ago. And now you're just kind of seeing it come out in the news. So I think like two years ago, there was when we were first getting started with our first investment summit, um, you know, we invest in a couple of companies uh, drug bank, future fields, 2S water that like look out in the news people like I think you're going to see some really awesome stuff happening from those companies in 2022. Um, and to me, that's going to be really mad. Like future fields is a cellular agriculture company. I can't think of something that's farther from, you know, a comfortable investment for an Alberta investor, you know, companies that are literally trying to grow meat in a Petri dish in a laboratory. Um, you know, the average like that is like futuristic and very scary for the average investor. And, you know, they've gone from yeah. like three people when we first invested in them to like a 20 plus person team. And they graduated from Y Combinator and they're doing freaking awesome. And, you know, also maybe give a shout out to uh, to Wyvern, a company that was at our very first summit as well, that didn't raise any money from us, but also graduated from Y Combinator, has now raised a bunch of money and they're doing great things. And then Drug Bank, the company that did win, has, you know, you know closed like 1.5 million as part of the round that we were in or something like that. And now they've doubled in size in terms of employees. And, you know, there's great things that are going to be coming out of them in the, in the months and years to come for sure. So, you know, it's kind of like these, why, these why sleeper hit, successes why? that we're just hearing about that, that have been around for a while. So I'm looking forward to those coming more into the public realm. <laughs> I appreciate what you said about when, once it hits the news, that's already that, that story's already been going. It's just that <laughs> the news finally caught up with it. Yeah. Curious, you said something about you used the word scary. And obviously you guys have been creating a platform to showcase and allow a lot of these startups and to get in front of investors and get out and get practice and tell their story. How much of a role have you guys played or, or do you see in educating the investors in Alberta on getting involved in these things that are scary? 
I, I'm going to I'm going to super I'm put the word scary as yeah. not traditional. Like drilling a hole in the ground and hoping it works out would arguably be scary for some people, but we're used to that and we're comfortable with it. So what's that role been for you guys and how have you seen that just from the investor because there's two sides to this coin going in and going, "Wow, growing meat in a petri dish, I don't know about that, but I still understand business, I understand fundamentals and I'm willing to take a chance or get educated until I'm ready." How much is talked about that journey from what you guys have seen because we you know, if I'm scared I don't act and if I don't have, you know, if I don't have a hope that the future is going to be better than yesterday. I just sit on my money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, part of our whole thing is educating investors. Like that's the whole, that's, that's the whole why on the investment summit. Well, not the whole why there's a series of other ones, but that's like a pretty big why on, on why this okay. investment summit exists. Um, and so I think the word scary to me means I don't know what's going to come next. And so it's a lot of education, a lot of storytelling, a lot of, you know, shared experience that, um, that helps make it not scary. And what happened with Future Fields was pretty interesting. You know, we had a great mix of people sitting around the table at that first summit. You know, Zach, uh, he hasn't somehow hasn't said that he's American, nor that he has a PhD, but that second part is super relevant to this conversation. Um, the, uh, you know, we had some smart scientist folks sitting around the table that were able to demystify the science aspect of, of what was going on. And then also the founders were really good storytellers, you know, by, by no surprise, they were in, they subsequently got into Y Combinator, but you don't get in there without being able to tell your story. And so being able to explain what's going on, what comes next, and through those conversations and, and, and just sort of some folks sitting around the table that are able to understand what's going on and further clarify it for the investors that are, you know, asking some questions and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, it, it's kind of the, the matching of those two things that really makes the magic happen at, at these events. And so... Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, so we, I mean, we've that's why we've done the the life sciences investment summit in the way that we have, and same with the clean tech investment summit. We just sort of ring fence all of these traditionally scary companies, make sure that you know they're able to tell their story in a way that makes sense to people, but then also have you know some some sharp investors that have been around the table um, looking at life sciences, clean tech, you know, future fields, you know, these these sorts of deep tech companies um, that are able to to break that down and, and further clarify it to the investors to make it not scary. And then they're excited. They're, they're amped about the future and being able to, I mean, that's why they're, that's why they ponied up and, and, and are sitting at the table is because they, they want to be involved. They just want to be able to understand it. And so, yeah, that's sort of the formula on how we're able to make that happen. Well, makes, when you guys think about an upcoming summit, it, it was used clean tech. Do you pick the topic because you see it as being valuable and then you create that ring and then you try to fill it up? Or do you get a critical mass of going, whoa, there's a lot of activity going on here. Let's put all this group together and then create a summit. Chicken, egg, card, horse. How do you guys, how do you guys do that? Well, you know, the summits are really about community. You know, and our, our marquee summits, the one that we do every spring and every fall, the Startup Teen Teen Investment Summits, those are about startup communities focused on place. So investment summit okay. for Edmonton, where we have Edmonton investors yeah. investing in Edmonton entrepreneurs, one for Calgary, Calgary investors investing in Calgary entrepreneurs. Now we do one in Saskatchewan. And then, you know, the Clean Tech Summit, the Life Sciences Summit, those are both startup communities that face you know, significant hurdles that are a little bit different from maybe your traditional, you know, internet-based tech company, um, just because, you know, it's it's hard to build hardware, as they say. It's more capital intensive. It takes longer to get to commercialization. The timelines are a little bit longer. And in life sciences, you have a lot of regulatory hurdles to get, to get through. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's also, to use that scary word, it's also scary as an investor. You don't, you don't know as much about it. And so it's a good education opportunity for the investors. And it's an opportunity to, to raise money for entrepreneurs that face, I would say, some steeper um, 
some steeper you know hills to climb uh, to get to success. And so that's that's really how we look at the specialty summits or the sector summits. Okay. Um, the the other still based around community. The other thing, and speaking of community, is that it's also a way for us to access communities that don't traditionally invest in sort of our regular summits, our like diversity or diverse sort of like diverse industry summits um, that Zach was talking about, the Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan. Um, because, you know, with life sciences, we're able to access the medical professionals, the doctors, the, you know, lab type folks that the scientists that are sitting around the table that are really interested in that sector specifically, and they don't care about an app. They want to be working on that sector specifically. And it helps us expand our geographic reach as well and help, help broaden our community uh, across Canada. We had investors in, in Vancouver and Toronto and the life sciences one, you know, similar for the clean tech one, clean tech one will bring out some engineers and some more oil and gas type folks that are, you know, acutely aware of the, of the problem that we have in that clean sector. And they don't necessarily want to invest in, what I would argue is a fantastic company, like like spot dog walking. Um, they're like, ah, it's not really not really my jam. I put money into spot, but maybe it's not their thing. Maybe they just want to be doing the life sciences thing, and that's fantastic. And so, you know, we we like to flip flop and share. You know, either either one being really important, and so we do both. Well, I appreciate what you said, bringing individuals in and creating some trust, creating some sense of connection, sense of community. It allows you to broaden out of not just staying in your like, well, this is what I know. So this is where I'll play, which is a lot to be said for that. Curious if I want to ask a question that's maybe a weird way to ask it. We all know that purpose is important. We're all driven by it. It's you can't read an article about running your company or doing anything today without purpose. And what are you, what are you really trying to do? And what's the bigger problem you're trying to solve in the world? When the rubber meets the road and you guys listen to these companies that are maybe scary to certain audiences, but yet have a sound business and a sound science, how much does purpose play from your guys' perspective when it really comes to driving dollars? Like We all believe it and we all like we all will think it's the panacea and then the North Star, but when rubber meets the road in an investment setting, when they're telling that story, Tim, as you mentioned, the ability to tell a story effectively, how much do you guys see purpose coming into play when it really comes to putting dollars, putting your money where your mouth is going, yeah, I love your purpose. And here's some dollars to show that I really love the idea. What do you guys see? Is this, is this a question about me personally or is this a question about sort of the community <laughs> at large? Um, it's however you'd like to answer it. No, I'm asking more from the community, like what your observation is. Yeah, again, if you guys want to ask, answer it from a personal perspective of guys that put money into the game and support this, I just always want to separate the reality of going, yeah, purpose is awesome. Does it, How much does it actually make a difference from what you see sitting on the sidelines? So yeah, please answer it personally. But what do you also see in when you fill a room full of people and you see the audience move towards a company because of purpose or because of good fundamental financials? <laughs> Zach, you look like you're itching exactly. to talk. Well, sure. Because you know what? I think that the way that we structure the investment decisions at Startup TNT is each investor gets an equal say in who that winning deal is. And each investor is picking their top deal based on their personal investment philosophy. And so it is actually a very personal decision. And we're taking the you know collective wisdom and investment interest of the entire group to make that decision. And so, you know, for me personally, um, when I look at Startup TNT and what we're doing, the purpose is to generate an awesome, local, thriving startup community. And so the specific sectors that we're supporting, the specific purposes of each individual company is actually second in my mind to the fact that we're all building great companies together. Um, it's okay. it's usually hard to find a startup that is doing something great um, and growing fast that doesn't have a noble purpose. Like most of them do. Um, and so and just on a personal level, I will say, 
you know, I have a, Tim mentioned that I'm American, I have a PhD, and I'm also Jewish, third thing I like to mention to people. Uh, I think that's all you need to know to understand Zach Storms. But I love when scientists and entrepreneurs are commercializing technologies and private investors are investing at these very early stages. This is the thing that I love. So, you know, I have a very big soft spot for the scientists and entrepreneurs out there that are raising money at these very early stages from local investors. Um, and so that's a big part of it. The, the other thing that I'll, I'll point out is that while we, we bring together a whole bunch of awesome folks, um, you know, from, from various parts of the community, um, Zach and I have created this on, you know, some shared values that, you know, it's those shared values that have other people join the fray. And so one of them that's, that's super important to each of us, um, and I'll articulate it the way that I do, is that I want, I want to build a thriving uh, community here at home. Like I want people to be able to raise, you know, build their company here, hire people from here and build, build Edmonton. I want, you know, similar for people in Calgary, they want to be building Calgary and the Saskatchewan people want to be building Saskatchewan. And so, especially when we're talking about our Edmonton summit, Calgary summit, Saskatchewan summit, um, the, you know, that, that's a pretty big focus because it's local investors, local companies, and that local conversation is, is important. Whereas for our more, you know, di like geographically diverse ones, like life sciences and clean tech, it's a little bit less of a question, but there's definitely still shared values. You know, there was, there was a company that, that came through and um, wasn't based in, really based in Canada, had like a Canadian tie. And it was, it was a, it was a topic of conversations. Like we want to be investing in companies that are here. Um, this is important to us. Um, and so that's the local bend is, is, is pretty, pretty critical. I appreciate the shared values comment. Nothing, nothing, nothing will make or break a relationship like a misalignment or an alignment on shared values. How often do you guys say no? How often do you get presented with an opportunity? And you're like, no, nah, this isn't the right fit. And we don't have to get into the what's or the why's, but how often does that come up? Because I mean, it's a pretty public, having a yeah, pretty ahead, public process. Like they, I, we, think I, <laughs> I think I can give you the exact number. It's like 10.3% raise capital of the ones that apply. So we say no 90% of the time. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. I didn't know. That. I love it. Okay. Yeah, so Some I mean, of the main I mean, things for, that... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. For more context, the way that the process works is, you know, we, we get a whole bunch of investors around the table. Say we have like 40 people. We have 200 grand and then we hang that in front of startups and say, look, it's like super hard to raise money. It's super hard to meet these people when it's like too late. You want to raise money in the next six months at this angel stage? You have to have known these people for quite a while because they're betting on you as an individual. And so our the whole reason... Well, not... I've said this already. It's, it's one of the reasons that the summit exists is to expedite that relationship building between the investors and, and the entrepreneurs. Um, and so, you know, we get a whole bunch of these, whole bunch, you know, capital, whole bunch of startups apply. We'll say, you know, 40 or 50. And then we know down to a top 20, big top 20 pitch night, top 10, top five finale night with those top five. And then we make that investment. And then there's some side deals that happen. So often it'll be, you know, two, three, four, in the case of Saskatchewan in the last summit, six, companies that get funded out of that kind of broad bucket. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's an overt deal funnel that's, that's presented to the public. And can I add something to this? Cause this is actually one of the biggest challenges as an investor and that is saying no, but leaving the door open. And you know what, what I'm, one of the things I'm very proud of at TNT is that there is now a growing number of companies. I actually should recount cause it might be four or five or six now that we said no to at one summit, and then they came back six months, 12 months, 18 months later, and the group said yes. And, you know, that I think is a really, really important. You know, it, just because it's no today doesn't mean it's no forever. And so, 
Um, you know, an entrepreneur just introduced me to an investor, and this is an entrepreneur that we initially said no to. In fact, I think he applied three times, and we said no twice, and then he raised money. And he introduced me to this person and said, I have nothing but good things to say about these, this group. And I'm like, that is the biggest challenge as an investor, to say no, but still have the person say, I got nothing but good things to say about those people. And don't forget, for those of us that are investors, we say no to great deals. There are a bunch of really awesome deals that have come through TNT that have gone on to raise a lot of money that the investor said no to. And, you know, that's just that you you miss out on good deals. That happens. That's life as an investor. To the point of saying no, but but keeping the door open. One of the things that I find that's really helpful and, and it makes it approachable for the investors and, and myself as well is that it's a distributed process. It's not one person saying no. It's it's sort of it's a collective vote and it's anonymous. Um, and so. You know, it's you know, it's not right now. You know, it's just you know compared to what we were seeing and in the limited amount that we were able to see as a group through the storytelling and, and shared experiences that were around the table. It's not a not a today conversation, but it can be had in the future, and I find that to be really helpful as well. So it's not us saying no as individuals. It's not right now. Not not at this point in the process. Do you guys have a follow up process? If I if I get if I get say no to, my first answer is going to be great. I appreciate that. Give me some feedback. Why? What can I do different next time? Do you guys have that process? Kind of a follow along. You're both nodding, so that's well. I we you we do. provide feedback for all the entrepreneurs that would like it. We do one on one meetings to provide feedback from the group on, on kind of what that's came awesome. from the investors. Um, in terms of like formal engagement after that, though, we we don't really have the capacity. What sometimes happen, which I love to see, is a more of an informal relationship where maybe. An, a, an investor and an entrepreneur build a bit of a relationship and they'll start, maybe the investor maybe starts mentoring or consulting the company. And we have lots of stories like that where it happens, I would say, just kind of naturally the way humans interact. Um, and then sometimes one thing we can do is refer them to some of the programs that our partners run uh, that would, might be helpful to them. So, and then they go through that and come back. And so that's kind of, those are, those are the approaches. Do you, see a, lot, do you yeah. see a lot of the investors that get attracted to what you guys do also at that stage where they really want to be part of something like there's writing a check and then there's getting involved. What I'm hearing is that from a culture and a values perspective, this is a group of investors that want to get involved, which really lends to that kind of tag along. Well, yeah, not no today, but call me up and we'll go for coffee or I'll introduce you to someone because I see potential. I'm assuming that's part of the vetting process or like, it feels to me like the individuals that would be the most successful in your, in your, in your space or in what you guys have created. Yeah. I mean, we got, I got, I want more stories like that, Tyler. I want more stories. I, I got a yeah. story that I haven't really shared publicly yet, but he probably will let me share it. So maybe I won't share it just yet, but an investor oh, that we exactly. met. Oh, exactly. You tease, Zach. You tease. An investor <laughs> that we met, um, he invested with us in the fall, and actually he met a, a company that wasn't actually in our summit, but he met them at our happy hour. Now they're now they're working together full-time. Now they're, they're co-founders. They're building something great. I hope they come to our spring summit awesome. and raise money from us in the spring um, or, in the, or next fall, whatever the case may be. But those are the stories that I love. And want to see more of that type of stuff happening. Absolutely, Tyler. I appreciate that. And that's, well, that's and, what I'm hearing. Uh, Certainly that, that level of collaboration that happens at that angel and seed round and like, well, I'm going to go in, but I know three other guys that might want to come in or guys and gals, I should say, that want to come in as well. And a lot where you get into the B, the series A and the series B, where it comes a little bit more competitive and I want the whole deal. I love what I'm hearing, which to me just feels so also Albertan or feels so Western Canada. Let me not, not narrow us too much on that ability to collaborate with each other. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, to the, to the point of, you know, finding people that want to get involved, I think, you know, the, we have a whole range of investors that come through with us because it's, it's also by design intended to be people's first, some people's first foray into angel investing. It's also a really 
a more fun and efficient way to place capital for people that have done this before. Um, but, but for folks that are new to the game, um, people that are new to the game don't necessarily know what they're getting into. They know a few things and that's, that's fantastic. And we're, we're happy to welcome them. And then sometimes they're like, ah, not, not really for me. This like, it's a lot of time. This is a lot of risk. This is a lot of, you know, whatever reason that they're not whatever, but then alternatively, it's a, we, we pave a highway for them to be able to get ingrained right into the community. Um, and those that want to take it and run with it really do, you know, Neil and Jay down in Calgary came on as, as investors in our first summit. They liked what we were doing. Um, they like what TNT was up to and they've, they've really taken it and run with it. Now they, they run our, you know, there are summit leads or our uh, Calgary leads Mm -hmm. down in Calgary. Um, and so there's, there's a whole, there's a whole spectrum of, of involvement that can happen and we're open to any and all of it. Um. Yeah. Well, giving people access to education to this asset class, I think that that dem- the, taking away the stigma and pulling back the curtain of like, ooh, this mysterious venture, you know, venture asset class. I think there's so many people I've been talking to that's like, well, let's just let's demystify it, and it might not be for you, but at least give you the chance to understand it and not, you know, the Hollywood, you know, version of it. I think there's a lot of us get exposed to. Okay, one of my favorite questions. Uh, magic. You guys each have a magic wand. You want to wave it, and something will change in our in our province that will make a huge difference from your impact, or a couple, or a couple things. It doesn't have to be one; can be one or two; can be three. But you've got that magic wand. You've got to wave. What would change? What would you guys? What would you guys knock out of the way, or 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 uh, amp up? I have one answer. Exactly. Okay, I'll get. You. All right, nice. And uh, and that is uh, modernizing the securities laws, uh, particularly sure. the definition okay. of accredited investor. I think nice. that. Um, <laughs> It's based on a very antiquated and I would argue somewhat arbitrary set of rules that um, I know that our, that our Alberta Securities Commission, to their credit, is actually looking at it and introducing some new, you know, new ways of getting more people involved. But that's what I would love to see, like really opening up um, angel investing in a in a way that more and more people from Alberta can get involved in it. Do I have to be an accredited investor to participate with you guys? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty okay, high so that's bar. A, that, that's hit. definitely that's a yeah. that's a high bar for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I mean, also, you're, you're, I mean you're, also, you're not the first one who shared that. So I agree <laughs> on that. It's also not just Sorry. it's also not just the accredited investor thing around securities laws. It's also you know the notion of public solicitation. You know, we have to be we're we're we have to be pretty careful around how we bring investors to the table. Um, and it's the rules are designed. You know, we're, we're sort of like you know why is it all old white dudes that are sitting around the table? Um, it's like, cause it's, it's, the rules are designed for old white people. It's kind of ridiculous to be honest. Um, they're like, yeah, you, you can't, you can't market that you can, that you're raising money or that, that, you know, people are able to participate. And then the people who haven't done this before, which are, you know, not the old white dudes, they're, they're like, well, I didn't know that I could come. I didn't know that I could invest. I didn't know how to become a part of it. And it's, you know, uh, to, to the, the old white people are like, well, you just, yeah, you just like reach out and say you want to do it. But everybody else is like, well, I don't, how do I, you didn't ask me. I'm like, well, we, we can't. I'm, I'm not in the, I'm, I wasn't in the club. I wasn't in yeah. the club. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So me, can I, can I tell uh, a quick story on this one? Cause I got another magic wand. I'd love on, on the old, white, on the, that reminded me the old white dude comment that reminded me, Tim and I were in a call yesterday um, and this person was a white dude. I wouldn't say he was old, but there was a white dude. And he was calling in from a golf course. <laughs> These are all relevant statements, the, the older <laughs> He's one of our investors. He's one of our investors. He was calling in from a golf course uh, in the middle of his golf game to let us know that he was planning on writing a six-figure check to one of our companies uh, and that we should also invest in that company. And, you know, I just got to give a shout-out to everybody out there with the means. We need thousands more people like that guy. 
who's going to say, yeah, you know what? Even though I'm hanging out in the Caribbean right now, and even though uh, you know I could just be chilling with my life, I'm going to invest some of my capital back into Western Canadian startups. And you know, maybe that's a hundred thousand dollars for you. Maybe that's five or ten thousand dollars. But we need more people thinking like that. You know, what percent of my wealth is currently invested locally in the future of our economy, and what percentage of it is invested in the rest of the world's economy, or maybe our traditional economy? And you know, more and more of us have to be thinking about how do we invest in our local communities in our future economy, like this guy is. Like that is a scene right from, from a movie, a movie too, right? Yeah. That's literally a scene from a movie you just described. <laughs> You're sitting in Edmonton, it's snowing, and the guys on the golf course calls you up. Like that's like that's a maybe a B movie, but it's a movie. All this, all, all this. It was well, like a scene from a movie. Well, and, and he's he's he lives on an island in the Caribbean, so it was very much. A, okay, okay was, all right. So yeah. I, I, but I appreciate your from a portfolio perspective, he is willing and want and, and able to participate at that level. Yeah. And how do we and how do we maybe level at it? Like, how do, yeah, how do we act from the golf from the like golf this. from the from yeah. the public golf course in Calgary can still make that phone call? Yeah, exactly, uh, Tim. I passed the magic. I passed the magic wand to you. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Zach talked about a pretty big one. Um, one of the ones that I'll just come out come out of left field, maybe not that far. Uh, I want a high speed rail between Edmonton and Calgary. I want to be able to connect the cities. I think that like I think that that would be absolute magic. We pump out some fantastic technical talent up here in Edmonton. They're, and then all the business talent tends to get gravitated towards Calgary pretty early in their careers. All the venture capital seems to be popping up shop down in Calgary. Um, you know, and as you know, my, my, my thing is I live in Edmonton and I want Edmonton to be fantastic. I think that that would be an amazing boon for not just Edmonton, but the whole Alberta community. Um, you know, we're talking about like this Hyperloop announcement that happened yesterday um, or, or however long ago it was in podcast <laughs> land. Um, yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of other you know projects that are on the on the on the tracks, um, and so I'd I'd love to see something like that happening sooner rather than later. You know, having you know having the Olympics here would make that happen. I think having you know just like some more cohesive. Let's think about things as Alberta, not this Edmonton versus Calgary BS that we tend to run with. Like we're, we're we got to work together on the global stage. Like we're not fighting for four million people or whatever we have in the province. We're fighting for the eight billion that we have in the world. So let's work together on this. And that piece of infrastructure, if I could wave a wand to make it happen tomorrow, would be yeah. wicked. That is the most practical answer anybody has given on to that question. It's usually like, oh, something energy related or more funding or whatever. That was like, no, build a high speed rail line. That was an awesome answer. Um, um, can, I fit in, I love it. Can, I, can I fit in one more thing, Tyler, on this? Note? 100% man. Absolutely. I, you know, hey, it's our podcast. Like, we can do as much as we I want. Just, <laughs> I just realized Tim and I went through this entire podcast. We're both from Edmonton and we haven't talked about how much we love Edmonton. We've talked about how great Calgary is, how great Alberta is, how great Saskatchewan is. And this is maybe one of the challenges we all face as Edmontonians. We forget to brag about how awesome our own city is. So I just want to remind people that I am American. I moved to Canada and I live in Edmonton because I love this city. You know, the thing about Edmonton is that it's got this interesting humility, like the fact that we weren't bragging, where you can literally approach anyone. Um, you know, my wife is also an immigrant. She moved here. She was a nobody. She's now a city councilor. To me, that embodies the can-do spirit and the open arms that Edmontonians share with each other. And, you know, you can, it's a very approachable city. And it makes room for anyone that wants to come and do great things. So just a shout-out to all of my friends here in Edmonton. They're doing great things. This is our hometown. They see coming out to the happy hour every single week. And, you know, just this week, someone told me, hey, guess what? We're bringing all of our friends to the happy hour as the after party from the demo day that's happening. And I was like, that's what it's all about, Edmonton. So hats off to Edmonton. More people should be moving here as well. 
As much as I want that to be a mic drop moment, I do want to ask one more. I, ask, well, I always have one more question. Boom! Zach is out. He throws his mic and like runs off, runs off stage. I'm sure that happens on a regular basis. Uh, what's what's in store for you guys? As far like we didn't talk about also you guys as an organization. I'm assuming you're growing, building a team. Like it feels you guys are like you guys are running 100 mile an hour with your hair on fire. So what can the world expect to see from Startup TNT a little bit in terms of your own growth? Zach, do you want to just talk about 2022? It's a pretty long list. That's right. Yeah, my hair is turning gray because it's on fire all the time. Tyler. Take your hat off. <laughs> Take my hat off. Look at this crazy guy. Like I'm all sweaty and crazy because I walk. You're running so work fast, the hairline is pulled back. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're finishing up our clean tech summit, which I think will happen after uh, before this podcast goes live. So that already yeah. happened. It was amazing, everyone. I'm sure you were there. I loved it. Multiple <laughs> deals happened right before your very eyes. Hundreds guess of thousands what? of dollars. Guess what? This we're doing our marquee startup team team investment summit this spring, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan. We're going to have probably 100 plus investors. I'd love 100 plus companies to apply. Let's raise 1.5 million plus dollars for all these companies. And Tim is the leader of our brand new venture capital fund that's going to be co-investing with the winning deals from those summits. I think we're going to have something like three quarters of a million dollars guaranteed to the winning deals as a starting point. What an awesome milestone we're going to hit um, this June. That's happening June 23rd. Applications close April 26th if this podcast goes live before then. Uh, we're doing road trips to Saskatoon. We're going to adventures. Uh, we're going to be doing the great pitch marathons of Alberta, Saskatchewan, maybe another province this July. Um, and we are recruiting more people for this growing team. We need venture partners for that fund. We need members of our board of directors. And we're actually bringing on a new Edmonton lead to join us here. Tim has told me yesterday that I am no longer allowed to be the Edmonton lead. I must step down and make space for a new person to take my shoes. So um, that all of that is very, very exciting. Tim, did I miss anything? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't tell you that. This is a mutual conversation. <laughs> We're gonna edit that part out, Tim. Don't worry. <laughs> Tim, it's all about a good narrative, and Zach's got a, a tight narrative, and he's running. I got it. I got fired. it. So I know. I know who's. Yeah, yeah. You're fired. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, how many people on your team? How big is Startup TNT? Because you you guys got enough energy for ten people, but I'm assuming there's many tasks. I, mean, I think it depends how we count, but I think we're like now up to okay. seven or eight FTEs. Um, but okay. you know, we got ambassadors that are like putting in a whole lot of work as volunteers, and there's about 15 of them. Uh, we've got a few nice. contractors that work with us that are integrated directly into the team. Um, you know, so we're we're massive. And then every we happy hour attendee is kind of like a volunteer, in my opinion. We have over 200 <laughs> investors that have invested with us. We've had you know hundreds of nice. startups that have you know, applied and been a part of the program to, or any of the programs to some degree, one way or another. Um, we have, you know, 34, 35 companies. We haven't run the math since our life sciences summit and the clean tech ones coming up in the past. Um, so maybe 40 by the time yeah, this we, is aired. We, we'll probably be, um, yeah, we'll probably be over 40 when this goes live. We're probably gonna be over 40. Good chance. Yeah. Companies that we've invested in, in, you know, dollar amount ranging probably in the range of about $6 million at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride over the last, I mean, our first summit was in January, February of 2020. So this is effectively two years beyond the happy hours. Just, so and, just and, and, and two, especially dynamic years, which we don't, we don't need to call out. We all know what happened in the last two years. I've already forgotten. You guys just so you know, I've already forgotten yes, everything I, uh, that no, happened I think in the last two years. <laughs> I completely agree. Move on. Um, StartupTNT.com. Clearly, you guys have a great site. Go check it out. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you guys? Like you guys are on LinkedIn. Any any preferred pass if somebody's just dying to reach out after listening to this? Yeah, I mean... This, Zach or Tim at StartupTNT.com. Uh, also, our regional leads are, frankly, a bit more accessible if you're in Calgary or Saskatchewan. 
Calgary, reach out to Neil at StartupTNT.com or Jade at StartupTNT.com. Uh, and then in Saskatchewan, we got Jesse, J-E-S-S-E at StartupTNT.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Gentlemen, that was a, f- <laughs> you guys made my day. What a high energy conversation. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. I've been told for, you got to talk to these guys. And uh, everyone who let me know that was not, was not wrong. Congratulations on all your success and happy to support you guys any way I can. This is fantastic. Thank right. you. Gentlemen. You too. This was a lot of fun, Tyler. It was a good start to the day. Thanks so much. 